if we're looking at validating some of the assumptions would be around those uh, three areas which I've mentioned, which is of course uh, the logistics, uh, transportation, and also uh, meeting the demand. Hello and welcome to Frontier Tech Talks. My name is Asad Rahman. This show gives short, sharp, practical tips on how to go about using new technologies to solve big international development problems, straight from those who've been there and done it. We're part of the Frontier Technologies Hub, piloting cutting-edge tech all over the world for social good. Introducing anything new means navigating a lot of uncertainty. Pay-as-you-go bicycles, while increasingly common in the US and Europe, are still finding their feet in Africa. What's the right business model and payment structure to make them feasible? What technology do we need around the bike? And how do we connect them with those that need them most? Today, we're joined by Wysen Lungu, founder and CEO of Onyx Connect. A Zambian mobility and connectivity startup, Onyx have been exploring answers to these very questions in their home country. Before we begin though, I just want to say a little bit more about what we do. Funded by the UK Department for International Development, we support teams with ideas for how tech might solve entrenched global challenges. We take an idea and provide some funding and support to try it out in the real world, learning about whether or not it works. A good quality bicycle could get produce to market much faster, make health workers more mobile in their communities, and make sure children turn up to school less tired. Wyson has spent the last year testing and learning how he can make this happen. In this episode, he talks about what he's tested, what's been learned, and what's next for pay-as-you-go bicycles in Zambia. Wyson joined us via a video call from Zambia, so we apologize for the somewhat patchy audio quality. I'm happy um, uh, to be joining with you uh, to talk about uh, uh, has now become almost um, uh, a Pandora box because there's so many exciting twists and turns that have uh, come along the way. I want to share with you uh, the, the journey from inception and also be able to see exactly where we're going uh, once uh, we conclude with this pilot and then also looking at the scaling up. Is, uh, some two weeks ago, we had a big launch at one of the biggest markets in Osaka, which has a traffic of about 50,000 customers that pass through the market each day, and it houses about 15,000 traders whom we are giving um, um, uh, this, these bicycles, which are enabled with a GPS tracking system. Was we wanted to, to actually solve uh, the mobility challenge in Zambia. Uh, Zambia has a population of about 17 million people, and mostly uh, are the uh, youths, and uh, uh, the main means of uh, transportation, uh, of course, uh, because most people don't have vehicles or have motorcycles, most, most of the people walk. And it's very difficult for almost farmers, coach going children, SMEs to do, to conduct business. And what we thought of uh, piloting was to solve the mobility challenge. We, we introduced uh, the pay-as-you-go model for bicycles. 
but one of the challenges was how can we embed technology onto a non-GSM product and make it work for us in terms of enforcing payments and also getting analytics such as statistical data as the kilometers traveled, frequently um, uh, cycled locations. So we came up with uh, a GPS tracking uh, system that we put underneath the saddle. It's the size of a matchbox uh, and it's, it's got um, uh, stored energy. Uh, basically, the GPS tracking system does not require charging every day. Uh, it actually full, is fully charged for 1,200 days. So we can be able to use this GPS tracking system for almost about three years. And um, uh, the reason for us for using the GPS tracking system was to, because we give the bicycles on pay as you go, so we wanted to make sure that we can enforce the payments uh, from the different customers that we provide the bicycles for. So one is to be able to know where the bicycle is at any given time, anywhere in Zambia or anywhere in the world. And then, of course, we also had to overcome uh, the regulatory uh, requirement for us to register with our communication authority called ZIGTA. So what we did, we just did a plus one on them, launched the GPS tracking system uh, for us to be able to get this statistical data and also enable our clients uh, uh, make payments by knowing that we know where the bicycle is at any time so they cannot do anything funny. And uh, that worked out uh, quickly for us. Uh, so this has worked very well. So on the on us to leverage on the um, on the sales and distribution to test the viability because one of the the tests that we wanted to 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 do was would the peri and local communities be able to afford uh, to pay for these bicycles? Those validations were actually validated. Uh, would the peri and rural communities also be able to pay using mobile money payments? Uh, those validations were, were validated as well. And also the component was, would, would the recipients of the bicycles be able to, to, to adopt technology as, as a means of making sure that they have economic development, social impact in their communities? Those validations were also, were also done. So in order for us to make sure that all this works very well, we have to get into uh, partnerships different uh, companies and cooperatives, women groups, and organizations that can be able to uh, uh, to open up for us the door in, in order for their members to have access to these bicycles. And prayer for us to give bicycles, we conduct workshops so that we can educate uh, the, the customers that are getting these bicycles on the technology that we're using to make sure that they understand, we're able to track the kilometers uh, that they ride using the bicycle, the places they visit, because the impact that we document is how many days they go, say, use the bicycles to go to the clinic, uh, how many times do children attend school using our bicycles, and so and many others, uh, income generation for women farmers and also, and also the youth. And then also we plow back part of the money that they pay us for those bicycles for capacity building uh, into their cooperatives and also uh, their communities. And of course... It's the first time in Zambia that we have made the bicycle become very affordable uh, for low-income earners. So uh, our, our customers pay as little as $10 per month for 12 months, up to 24 months, and at the end of that period, that the bicycle becomes theirs. And then um, right now, we're in a phase where we are scaling up. Uh, we 
so far we have distributed about 500 bicycles but now because of what we have built uh the adoption uh, uh on the on the masses and the people that have gotten our bicycles we have some amazing uh partners like zio hub uh, where we are using the bicycles to ferry solar powered batteries we have um partnered with the market vendors we did a big launch at soweto market but now we are rolling out uh, we are we are rolling out into all the markets across the country and in Zambia we have 434 markets so we are looking at already in 2020 to be able to roll out about 20,000 bicycle uh, using the pay as you go platform uh, we've also partnered with some of the big uh, corporate organizations that have huge uh, employer um, um, employers such as Zambif who has about 10,000 employees Zambia Sugar they have about 15,000 employees and all these employees need bicycles to be able to go in into the different uh, sections of the sugar plantation or to look after the animals for for some beef and then of course the model that we use which uh, has been widely accepted is either they can rent a bicycle at one it or they can be able to pay as you go over a period of time uh, to low income uh, earners across the country so this is some of the the amazing work that we've been doing and some of the outcomes of what we have done so far uh, since we have been in operation in the last uh, 10 months is of course um, uh, the adoption of the payable model has been widely accepted in the country uh, we are creating jobs and sustaining jobs uh, we have increased uh, income uh, from the from the mobility uh, pilot where now uh, most of these customers are using our bicycles to generate additional income by using bicycles either as means of transport or enabling them to be able to order merchandise that they sell uh, in their shops. Of course, we've empowered the youth. We've raised a lot of awareness around cycling and the benefits of using bicycles for both social and economic development. And then we've also had very good opportunity uh, with the different stakeholders and partners uh, in trying to improve uh, the mobility aspect uh, in the country. And also, there has been very tremendous response uh, from the peri-urban and the rural communities because now they understand that not only are we empowering them socially and economically, but we're able to provide specific data information which is critical for them to plan the communities in which they live. So now, uh, depending on the ridership of the, com of the communities, because they have specific information as to how many kilometers it takes for them to leave their home to go to a clinic. Now they can plan in the future to have, to build more clinics which are closer to where they live than where they have to, to ride or have to travel far off distances. Uh, some of um, uh, the benefits have been where uh, these communities as a group also, they are able to have social and economic events because they are able to ride to those events before it was difficult for them to height transportation and also having to walk because that has a toll on their on their on their health and also for most of the the riders that uh, especially women where they have to carry water on their heads or they have to carry their produce such as crops or beans to ferry from one location to the other now they are able to use these bicycles how did you engage with your end users and what changes did you make to the model as a result Thank you very much for that for that question, and I think it's a very very great question. Uh, so basically, what we did, we had a set of assumptions that we wanted to validate, and uh, prior to us validating these assumptions, 
uh, we actually had to go uh, into these communities, into the rural of rural. Uh, that's why our, our, our model, before we actually even provide these diff bicycles with GPS tracking system, we usually have, we conduct workshops. And the workshops basically uh, gives us a platform in order for us to in interact with the end user in real time and also to get feedback from the end user in, in trying to formulate what actually works for them on the ground. So that's what has led to the success of our pilot. So I'll give an example. When we started off, uh, we started off by saying that we'll be able to offer pay-as-you-go bicycles over a period of 36, 36 months, which is three years. Now, when you look at the, the, the payment cycle, that's a longer period uh, in order for someone to pay. But what we found out actually on the real, reality on the ground is that people wanted a much short, shorter period because when you look at the rural setup in Zambia, most of the income is very seasonal. So they said, listen, instead of us paying over a period of three years, we'll be able to be comfortable to pay over a period of six months, maybe to 12 months, because we have a lot of disposable income when we harvest our goods, which is uh, the crops that they grow, such as maize, cassava, beans, uh, sorghum, millet, sunflower, and other things. So in that vein, we specifically remodeled our model based on the feedback uh, uh, on the ground. So for some customers, they are able to, to make repayments over a shorter period of time based on, uh, on their income uh, capability. Others are able to pay over a longer period of time. How do you get the bikes to the users? Is there a selection criteria for people to qualify to get a bike? To, just to validate on your question. So what we do is that we don't provide these bicycles directly to individuals. In order for the, indiv the end user, the customer, to qualify to get uh, our bicycles with a GPS tracking system, they have to belong to an organization such as a cooperative, a women's group. They have to be employed. The reason being is that in, 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 in the event that something goes wrong, either with a repayment or with a bicycle or whatever uh, something happens, uh, they have representation of the cooperative that they, they belong to. And in terms of uh, non-payments, the, the cooperatives or the employer, they pay us, and then they're able to recover those repayments uh, internally uh, from their member. Aside from accessing capital, What's going to be the biggest challenge in exponentially increasing the number of bicycles that you provide? Yeah. Um, uh, thank you very much, Asad. Um, uh, a brilliant question. Of course, um, the, big, the, 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 the biggest challenge is, is always accessing capital. Uh, but in the event that we get the capital, there are other challenges that crop up. So I think on the rollout of a magnitude of five, five, 500 to uh, to 20,000, that's quite a huge leap. I think one of the biggest challenge would be uh, the logistical side of putting 20,000 bicycles across the country. Um, uh, as you are aware, um, um, right now is that um, uh, we, we basically roll out these bicycles based on, um, on a specific uh, milestone that we, we have reached with our partners. So in a specific place, say, southern province, where we assess the need that they need uh, two, 200 bicycles, we're able to organize those bicycles and then ferry them to one uh, single uh, location. 
Now, when you are looking at 20,000 bicycles, and this is across, across the country, logistics becomes a challenge. And why I say it becomes a challenge, because now uh, you have to distribute these bicycles into multiple locations and with specific delivery dates. So uh, also the, 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 other, the other number two challenge, other than logistics, would be the cost uh, uh, of transportation. That's why uh, what we do is that in our payments, we try to factor in uh, also the cost of transportation, because at the moment, uh, we've been leveraging on our partners to be able to ferry these bicycles. But if you are, when you are looking at 20,000 uh, bicycles, you actually need to have your in-house transportation so that you can be able to meet specific deadlines. Uh, then also, what normally happens, the, the third challenge would be uh, the need for us to actually meet the demand. The more bicycles we put in the hands of customers, the more the demand is going to increase. So for every bicycle you give to a household and it is working for them, the, it also the likelihood that they want to get another, another, another bicycle to also help them uh, also meet other additional needs. So those, I think, would be the three main challenges that, that, that we're going to have. And if we're looking at uh, validating some of the assumptions, would be around those uh, three areas which I've mentioned which is, of course, uh, the logistics, uh, transportation, and also uh, meeting the demand. It's, it's an example that I can give. Um, uh, we gave out 70 bicycles uh, in Kaoma. Now they're requesting for 300 bicycles. So, of course, this is where now the, the one, the logistics, which I've mentioned, the transportation, and also meeting the demand becomes a challenge. What are the challenges of getting buy-in from cooperatives and corporates? And have you ever found or thought that working through these partners might limit growth? Okay, so, so, so the, 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 the biggest challenge um, uh, when you look at tying up with larger uh, organization has been is that um, uh, especially with the, with, with, with the landscape in Zambia, uh, because I come myself, I come from a from a from a, from the corporate world. I think the biggest challenge we have is most of the co the corporate um, uh, organization they fail to really look at the bigger picture. That's that's number one. The bigger picture in terms of looking at the welfare of the people that are actually are going to receive the bicycles. So they usually have a lot of of questions around um, uh, the, well, the one, the payment model. And secondly, they don't want to be involved in the collection of money uh, if you partner with them. Because also it becomes a logistical nightmare for them uh, on, the, on the back end. I'll give an ex a specific example. It has taken me almost a year to get into partnership with Zambia Sugar and Zambif. And the, 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 because on our end, in order for us to reinforce 100% uh, repayment, we need to collect the money via payroll. Now, when they put 
5,000 employees on payroll to pay Onyx Connect. That becomes, uh, that becomes a, an operational backlog for them. So it means that the accounting department will be spending more time looking at payments for paying Onyx from the different in employees, and 5,000 is a huge number. So what is their benefit out of that? So what we have done is that instead of going directly through the, the corporate companies themselves, we actually go through the unions. And the unions are the ones that protect workers' rights. So that becomes much more easier for us to get buy-in from the big corporations because now we are riding on the employee welfare versus uh, uh, operational challenges that they may face in order for them to remit money to us. Will you ever need to go to a direct-to-consumer model to help scale? We've partnered with um, the, the Market Vendor Association. So what we're doing with the Market Vendor Association is that us as, as Onyx, we actually have uh, operating uh, structures in all the markets where we are giving these bicycles on pay as you go. And it's an internal structure, so we don't have to go through any any um, um, uh, any any vetting or approval process in order for us to, to link to the end user. And when you look at the partnership with uh, with um, with the market vendors association, we are looking at a pool of almost about two million marketeers. So already that gives us the volume that we need, and we are able to uh, collect the money directly uh, from the vendors via the. The, 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 the market associations which run uh, the, the different markets uh, throughout the country in conjunction with the local, with the, with the city council. Now, we bring in the council to make sure that uh, on the KYC of the customer, we know that this customer belongs to the market, they have a stand, and they sell specific uh, goods in that particular market so they can be able to afford the, the, the repayment. That was me talking with Weiss and Lungu from Onyx Connect about how tech-enabled pay-as-you-go bikes might help bring mobility at scale. Thanks for listening to this episode of Frontier Tech Talks. To find out more about this work in the wider program, please find our Medium publication by Googling Frontier Technologies Hub or reading the show notes. Funded by the UK Department for International Development, we pilot cutting-edge tech all over the world for social good. This episode is part of a six-part series that gives short, sharp, practical tips on how to go about using new technologies to solve big international development problems, straight from those who've been there and done it.